Aloha, everybody. I'm Eva Andrade. I am your host of the Triple F Show, Faith and Family First. You're listening on 94.9 FM radio and 1040 AM radio. And you're also watching on YouTube. On today's show, my co-host Jim Hochberg and I are going to talk about who's the real enemy. Is it the parents or is it not? So let's chat about that. Jim Hochberg, welcome to the show today. Yvonne Andrade, thank you for asking me to come today. I'm here all the time. What I are you know, talking about? But we have different listeners, new listeners, okay, new viewers. Okay. We have to introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Jim Hochberg, and that's Eva Andrade. <laughs> okay, it depends on how we identify today. Okay. All right, so Jim, um, what, I what I thought we should talk about today, because a lot of our viewers and listeners, they're watching what's happening across the nation. And Some of I them. get a lot of phone calls or people stopping me in the street that talk about this war against parents or what seems to be a war against parents. And I thought maybe we should touch that subject again, because you and I had talked about that on the show when the AG came after parents back in September of last year. And we mean the U.S. Attorney the US General, Attorney not General. the state Correct. of Hawaii. Your, your friend, your buddy. Merritt Garland. Now, who names their son Merritt? Jim, we are not going to get into how that people name odd. their children. Okay. Everybody has a right to name their child. But okay, so let's let's back up a little bit just so that we can start to get the wheels going. So back last September, the U.S. Attorney General decided that parents were the enemy. And so why don't in you- In the school board in meetings. In the school board meetings. And that made them domestic terrorists. And that made the Homeland Security Department of the United States government- responsible to investigate parents who go to school board meetings and complain about what the school board, that's what you're talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Crazy. So, and there are parents that are listening right now or parents who, um, or people listening that know parents that can get pretty upset at meetings. I mean, I have a father that is um, pure-blooded Portuguese or close to it. And he can get really upset about stuff. And I have seen him even get mad at the school when um, this was back in, in the day. Um, he had some difference of opinion with some of the administrators. But at one remember, of the, the news story that led to the AG doing all that stuff was a father whose daughter had been raped in the school bathroom by a boy wearing girl's clothing claiming to be a girl in the girl's bathroom, he went to the school board because the school was telling him it never happened. Right. And so he went to the school board and he got really angry. And I think there are times that it's appropriate to be angry. And biblically, I think of Jesus clearing the temple. And that's that was the point I was going to make, is that what what has happened because of this situation is that you've got people now trying to create law to stop all controversy from happening at these school boards. And that's not right because parents have a right to raise their voices, what's happening at the schools. So Well, but I actually think the goal isn't to stop the controversy. I think the goal of calling parents domestic terrorists is to get them not to come to the meeting. 
Well, and it depends on who's defining the controversy. That's the point, right? Yeah. I mean, one side's going to say it's controversial. The other side's going to say, hey, we're just trying to do education. But so the National School Board is saying, that's how this all started from the National School Board Association. They sent a letter on September 29th. Um, and then from there, I think it went to um, the Department of Justice issued their So findings. you're actually not starting at the beginning. Oh, so there's a beginning. The National School Board Association worked with the staff at the White House to write that letter. Ah, okay. I stand corrected. And that letter was written for the purpose of giving it to the AG for the purpose of putting it all into investigating parents who don't like the woke things going on. The, the one we talked about of the rape of the daughter was the thing that instigated, but there were critical race theory complaints by parents at other schools, other school board meetings in other states. So if you look at the actual news that was reported after the school board association letter went to the president and then to the AG, subsequently reporters dug into, because you got to remember what happens at the White House is public record. And they found the meetings about it with the White House staff and the Association of the School Boards. So this was a huge setup to go after the parents, in my humble opinion. Right. So so thanks. That's that's true. It did originate with the White House. But I'm I'm talking about the process of what people can follow very easily. They can find the National School Board Association letter. They can see the, the Department of Justice's response. And then you can see the response of the National Education Association that came. Where they after came that. and turned yes. the, actually and the school board letter to the White House was not seen or approved by the board. It was two staff members that sent it because they were working with the White House. And then the National School Board Association rescinded the letter because they didn't like the fallout from it. Maybe they would have sent it had they seen it originally. We don't know. But they took it back because of what happened. Right. So if you're watching this or you're listening to this and you're like, well, that's really interesting and you want to know more about it, go to the Hawaii Family Forum account on YouTube and go find that 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 show, show that Jim did. and I did because we actually get into detail on that. So please make sure the you nitty do that. gritty. We detail. get down, we get down deep in that. Okay, so that's kind of like where I wanted to do the springboard. Um, you fast forward to today, and there's all kinds of craziness happening. I mean, there still is all of that craziness about CRT and whether it should be taught in schools. That's still happening, and and we, they still want to teach it, and they still want to. And we could be here and do a whole show naming all the states that they want to do that. But I want to focus on two interesting cases because, again, the the topic I want to talk about are parents the enemy. And again, going to your point that it depends on who defines the controversy, right? And we are certainly not considering that the controversy is defined by the 13 and 14 year old children of the parents who probably right. do think the parents right. might be the enemy. We're talking about the government versus the parents. Right. So so I want to talk about three issues. Okay. I want to talk about Florida. I want to talk about Texas. And then I want to talk about right here in Hawaii, okay? Because, you know, we like to always tie into what we're dealing with. So let's start with Florida and the don't say gay bill that's, that's moving right now. And it's really interesting because... I when I was doing my research for the show today, I saw that you can find on um, the findlaw.com. They do a whole breakdown of what the bill actually says. If you look, if you go to people that support the curriculum, 
or this this new rule that they're having. Um, you can find all kinds of things that they're claiming. And then you the people that are opposed to it are saying they're lying. And then they have all of their. So, I mean, somebody to know what's really happening on this bill. They could be doing research for a day. But the point is that it passed. It is now law in Florida. The governor signed it. And there's a lot of controversy on it. So let's let's start with that. Go for it. Okay, so the don't so that's what the other side is and calling. And it has it. nothing to do with not saying gay. That is so dumb. No, but what what they're doing is, and, and I have a a copy of the actual bill because I wanted to see what it is that they were referring to. And but when you live by catchphrases like that, it's just not helpful to a honest adult conversation. Right. So so people that support it, what they're saying is all it's doing is it's narrowing what can be taught. And to what age? Mm -hmm. And so that's what, that's the overall, I know that's a very general way of describing it, but that's what they're saying. What the other side is saying is that they're not telling the truth, that it actually does affect everybody. And they go to, um, they were talking about the word or, and I thought that was really funny. Um, I thought I had that, that handout with me today. I don't, but they go to, there's, there's a word in there. They talk about it's, you have to be 16 or, and then they have this whole definition after that. And I thought it was interesting because you know, as an attorney, that when you're reading the law, those little words, they mean a lot. Well, and it also matters if there's a comma or a semicolon or some other piece of punctuation involved. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to try to pull up the bill. But okay, so what is your understanding of that bill? Why Governor DeSantis and the legislators who put it forth really felt like it was important to protect Kids in so the, Florida in is a very different state to live in because the government is more, and I don't live there, so based on what I read and what I know, the government in Florida is much more conservative, which I'm using to define the word traditional. And for me, traditional is when I was a kid because it's so different now. But when I was a kid, traditional wasn't that different from centuries of what was traditional. It's only been radically quickly changing since I was a kid because I'm an old guy. Um, so Florida is thinking in terms of maybe more from a Christian biblical perspective, what is the good way to live? We did a show with Rep. McDermott recently talking about a bill at the legislature this year that is completely the opposite of that question. And so the people that support the bill that we talked about with McDermott here in Hawaii would be the same people in Florida that hate the bill that Florida passed because the elected people in these two states come from the complete opposite perspective. And I just have to throw this out there, Jim, and you're going to, um, for those that are listening, you're not going to see Jim roll his eyes, but he's going to roll his eyes. Um, I got emails from people saying, let's do what they did in Florida right here in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, let's let's elect different people, yeah, and, and I, we will. And I keep smiling, and, and you know, just as a reminder to people that are watching and listening, that Hawaii is a very blue state. Florida is a very red state. They have different representatives and different senators, so they're able to do things. I mean, if you went to go see your legislator here in Hawaii and said, "I want to do a bill like this," you might find a legislator or two. We'll put it in by. <laughs> Request they but, won't put yeah. their name on it. Yeah, and and it it wouldn't move. But here's the other it thing: it it appears to be 
<clears throat> that the people in Florida actually cast their votes for people that share their values. And we don't do that here for some reason. Uh, yeah. We vote for relational reasons, not what the representative is going to pass into and, law. And what, what do I say? What is my saying? Every time you vote for somebody and that person gets elected and they vote on bills, they're voting for you. That vote that just keeps, keeps on going. voting, yes. right? That's exactly right. So, you know, that is something to think about when you go to the ballot box. I'm saying yes to this legislator. Are they going to be saying no to something I agree with? You and know? the thing Are... is, we don't even tend to ask. But at election time, Hawaii Family Forum publishes a voter guide that has questions on it from our shared value perspective and publishes the responses from the candidates. And if the candidates don't respond, that gets published by a Y Family Forum with the phone number of the candidate. And I want everybody watching this to remember as we get around to election time this year, get Eva a Hawaii Family Forum voter guide and call the ones that are in your ballot and ask them the questions if they didn't answer. Call them up. If 25 people call somebody running for office because they didn't answer next time around, they might answer so they don't get 25 calls. Absolutely. Okay, so make sure you go to hawaiifamilyforum.org to sign up to get our alerts, and then you'll know when it's done. Okay, so the so going back to the Florida bill. So um, find law, they, they made this really easy. They said supporters of the bill. So what they're saying is this measure that was passed in Florida, which would give parents the right to sue school districts, um, was signed into law by the governor, and it is scheduled to go in effect on July 1st. So supporters say that it strengthens parental rights by preventing teachers and school staffers from withholding information about gender issues from parents. An earlier version of the bill went even further, according to them, requiring principals to tell parents if a student came out as other than straight. Um, but that provision came out in the in the final version. Now, so can can I say something before absolutely. you do that? So the absolutely. school doesn't think it's important for the parent to be involved in this. The parents and the legislature that the parents elected thinks it is important for the parents to be involved in this. So thing. so Disney and groups like that that have come out in strong opposition to this bill are Disney saying being a theme park for children <laughs> came out in strong opposition to this bill. So basically they're saying that parents are the enemy. Correct. In this in this instance. Now, opposition to the bill. Right is coming strongly from the Democrats and, of course, the LGBTQA um, supporters who What's are... What's the A? Um, I haven't heard that one. It's... Um, I, I don't know. It's there. Well, it's, we won't ask Rep. McDermott. Oh, so, <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, but it's... I know what it is. It's asexual. What it is that? It means somebody who's not interested in sex at all. Oh, yeah. you mean old people. <laughs> No, there are some people that go that swing that way. Okay, I I apologize, listeners and viewers. We will now I'm get back to the bill to in Florida. All right. Um, okay. So, anyway, supporters um, they they call this the "Don't Say Gay" bill, um, and they're saying that the the law is going to um, stigmatize, marginalize students, and lead to bullying and attacks. And so, um, so the opposition has been fierce. And now. Allowing parents to sue the school board for withholding or otherwise not letting the parents be involved in the gender determination of the children is going to result in bullying. Do they say how? I, um, yes. 
How do that? How well, do parents well, suing school boards bully children? Well, it could be hurting their feelings. It could be forcing somebody to act outside of something that they're comfortable but, with But doing. they didn't specify what they thought it was. I wasn't asking you what you thought. Oh, I'm, yeah. Did. No, I'm, and I think that that's part of the problem is that none of these bills, regardless of when, what side you're on, get into too much definition. And I think people then question, what does that mean? But um, hey, we'll put well, the questioning link. is one of the letters in that alphabet string, the Qs. Well, um, for those that are um, watching this on YouTube or those that are listening, you can go to the YouTube at, at, on under the show and the link we're going to put the link to that bill so you go read it and you make your own decision as we always say don't listen to the but talking heads can, can i go to 1925 before you do that though um because we do we want to get to um what's happening in texas and hawaii so yes i'll let you do that but just so that you know according to fine law kansas Tennessee and Indiana, they're also moving in the direction of creating um, bills also with this type of a subject. But which, so we'll which they should happen. do, because there there was a U.S. Supreme Court case in 1925. Okay. And it was a nine to zero ruling in favor of parents. And the case is Pierce versus Society of Sisters of the Holy Names of Jesus and Mary. That's the, the, the parties. Pierce sued the Society of Sisters. The, basically, the United States Supreme Court said the parents are primarily responsible for the moral and educational upbringing of their children. The, the case had to do with whether Oregon could prohibit parents from putting their children into parochial Catholic schools. So parents are not the enemy. Well, nine to zero at the United States Supreme Court in 1925, the U.S. Supreme Court said parents are primarily responsible. They aren't solely, but they are primarily responsible for the moral and educational upbringing of their children. So why does Florida have to put a bill in saying, and by the way, that means parents can sue the school board for excluding them from gender issues with their own children? Well, obviously there were situations that were happening exactly. that they felt like they needed to do that. And I think that that's really scary. And it's very telling because, again, this goes to where we are today. You know, mm -hmm. depending on where you live, this is what you're going to have to deal. Now, across the across the way in Texas, they they passed a bill recently that um, it's very interesting. This is parents of transgender children are and they're absolutely in a state of fear because the law um, is going to allow investigation of parents who allow gender affirming care. And they're defining that as child abuse. That's that's what um, gender affirming care is uh, a very sneaky phrase. I don't like it. If you were to break down the Texas situation, there has been significant modern research showing that children making gender uh, medical choices early on don't benefit from it. In fact, a lot of them. Uh, change their mind or actually it, it doesn't solve the problem. So they want to stop it and get out of it. And, yeah. But, okay. But, and so if that's true and I didn't do any of the research, so I have only heard about it, assuming that research is true, what the Texas legislature passed was we want to protect the children from their parents making them do this stuff. Well, I, okay. 
I, I would assume, and that's a different. Yeah, but but that's not what these parents are saying. So remember, these are parents of transgender children who want to do the surgeries or whatever. They're so the they're ones now, that the legislature is worried about. Now, let's be fair and honest. I mean, I, I haven't looked at every case either, so I cannot say with certainty that every student wants this. No, I don't think but, it is everyone, but I think it's a significant but I number. Would, but I would also say that there are a lot of kids who are genuinely confused, and they may darn well go to their parent and say, I want to do this. And so parents who want to do this for their kids are now they're feeling like they're being called the enemy because they want to do this for their children. Now, I know our listeners and viewers where they are on this issue. I know where I am on this issue. I know where you are on this issue. I'll tell you where the state legislature in the state of Hawaii is. You cannot, as a parent, bring your underage 17, anybody less than 18 years old, to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or any other kind of counselor to receive counseling because you don't like those feelings. That's what the state of Hawaii legislature has said. The state of Texas took the opposite thing and they said, we don't think this is good for the kid. And so if the parents are going to do it, they better know that it might be determined to be child abuse. So they better be careful. And you know what? Here's the thing. So we say this on all the shows where the idea of parents' responsibility come up. We believe that it is the parents' first and foremost role to decide what is good for they their children. They live the closest with that child. Right. So when you have somebody on the other side who's saying, but I'm the parent and I believe this is the right thing for my child, I think what I'm finding with most people on our side is that, look, you know, when your child becomes an adult, they can make these choices and you can support them That's all you want. That's what the Texas legislature Absolutely. is saying. But when they're a child, you know, now, again, because you know I like to read all the testimony from people on the other side, and I think what they're saying is that they can't wait too long to do some of these surgeries because once certain body parts develop, it's very harder to turn it around. That's what they're saying. And again, my cross-examination would have them explain Chasbono to me. Oh, Jim? I apologize, listeners and viewers. <laughs> we love everybody. Um, Sonny and Cher's daughter son. I think most people are aware of that. Okay, so anyway, so now you have, that was two instances, totally Correct. opposite. And now on, we got on, Hawaii. And now we look to Hawaii. So what's happening here? Now here in Hawaii, there's House Bill 2125. And what's really interesting, Jim, this particular bill, and we kind of want to end on this because we like to talk about what's happening in Hernaway. This bill's really interesting. So right now it's on its third version. The first version of the bill, very simply, um, was a simple and, one and, page. And the bill. title, the title is relating to official school business. So it sounds like how the principals and the vice principals and the district uh, superintendents relate. But, but it's not. Well, yeah. And so it was a very simple bill. And I didn't do a simple thing, but it was a simple bill, right? So it just, one page or two it page. start one page. And basically it, um, it uh, amends chapter 711. And the title was harassment of an educational worker. All right. And so basically the bill said that a person commits the offense of harassment of an educational worker if with intent to harass, annoy, or alarm an educational worker, that person disrupts or interferes with the administration or function of any school. So this is going back to Merrick Garland exactly. and the CRT, the school board issues. Okay. Yes. And then in that same paragraph in the first version, then they define 
what the purposes of the section means. And then they go through this whole thing. Okay. So what happened when it moved to the its next version? So now we're on house draft one. Basically what they did is they took that big fat paragraph and they the definitions, they made that a part three. So it was still the same bill. They just made it a little bit easier to read. Then it moved. And here's where I really want to get your thought because this is where the bill stands right now. It's in the third draft. What they did was, is they added an amendment to section 302A, which is, um, so they have that harassment reporting procedure. So now what they've done is they've added a few things now on reporting. So now teachers have to do a certain thing. They have to report all substantial incidents of harassment to the proper law enforcement. They have to implement procedures for handling the harassment of these cases. They have to assign employees and departments to deal with it, and they have to assist its employees with any legal section. So okay. we're, we're back to the parents are the bad guys. Right, okay. And then they still have the changes to 7-11, which this is where it, I found it very interesting. So it still says the same thing, but they removed all of that stuff um, where in the original- Annoying, the harassing. Annoying, harassing. So now that sentence says, a person commits the offense of harassment of an educational worker if with intent to impede the government operations of an educational worker. Okay, so my take on that is it is unconstitutionally vague and ambiguous. A parent will not know what impeding a government operation of an educational worker is. How is how will you know if your conversation rises to that level? I'm assuming most parents have conversations about things they don't like. People might get emotional, but that doesn't mean you're impeding the government operation of an educational worker. But, so the law cannot be vague so that you don't know what the standard is in advance of choosing your conduct. Now, it is interesting because now with the way they're wording this, this bill, if it passes in its current version, they're going to report this and, and that's to, to the run police. parents out of the schools. Well, they don't. The parents will be afraid of being reported. Once the first parent gets reported, the friends of that parent are less likely, and as the second one, the friends of that parent are less likely to get involved. They they don't want kids to have parents involved in their lives. They want to do it themselves. Well, it, and it becomes bigger than that because the current language of the bill says that they're going to report this incident to the police department and the police are going to come there and then the police are going to That's decide. That's when the parents are going to stop. Yeah, you know, so it, this could be a very interesting thing. Very interestingly enough, most of the opposition came from the autistic uh parents, parents of, um, not autistic parents, but parents of autistic children. Um, they were strongly opposed to that. And I guess it's because if you really think about it, aut autistic children, they go through a lot of learning issues and um, it'd be interesting. And it's frustrating and, and it's, it's frustrating. hard and those teachers are fabulous. Yeah. And before we run out of time, I want people to know that in 2012, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals said this in a case having to do with the government choosing what is the right way to think or not. Tolerance is a two-way street. Otherwise, the rule mandate, mandates orthodoxy, not anti-discrimination. We need to start pushing that at the legislature again. So we appreciate your time with us today. You are listening on KESU Radio and KLight Radio 1040 AM. You're watching on YouTube, so make sure you like and share this video. Comment, comment, comment. Spotify. 
and visit us on hawaiifamilyforum.org for more information. But until then, you have a fantastic week and know that Jesus loves you and so do we. So we'll see you next week. Mahalo, everybody. Aloha. Thank you.